And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. We appreciate Nathan Baird for hopping on and giving us his intel and his thoughts on CJ Stroud. It's going to be a name that Colts fans will be hearing a lot of these next uh, three, four months. That is for sure. So, George, I just want to throw you, before we give you our, our quarterback rankings and our official Blue Horseshoe big board of quarterbacks uh, in the draft for the Colts, I want to throw this by you here. I have a comp for C.J. Stroud in mind. I want to see if you agree, and if it's if not, if you have another comp as well. I see C.J. Stroud as someone like Jared Goff in terms of very accurate. When the players are there, when the play calling is there, he can run a system to perfection, and he can light it up like we saw with the Rams or Sean McVay and go to a Super Bowl. But as soon as things kind of go awry or as soon as things even go off schedule, that's when the shaky decision-making goes awry. That's when if injuries to some, to some key wide receivers, and now you play with lesser talented guys. I don't think he's a guy who can raise the talent of those around him. I think that he can play at a really high level if the talent and the coaching around him is at a very high level. So that's what I kind of look like with C.J. Stroud. We even look at some of the big games he's played in. He has struggled, and I don't think, you know, not to knock him for playing with great players, but I think this is a, a true thing that we have to kind of talk about. I think he was – you know, helped out a lot by the insane wide receiver talent around and compared to him making, let's say, like I think Marvin Harrison Jr., I guess I'll put it this way, made C.J. Stroud better than vice versa C.J. Stroud making Marvin Harrison Jr. a lot better uh, as a player. Would you agree with that comp? And if not, like I'm just curious if you see someone else in C.J. Stroud's game. No, I was laughing because it's the exact name that was in my mind uh, is Jared Goff. Look at us. Look at us. uh, And and also with the accuracy. I mean, I think Goff's very similar in the same way. When you talk about – you know, the way they throw the ball, it's it's very similar. You can and I think their careers were similar um in college. I mean, obviously Goff didn't have the talent around him in California, but it was similar. It just felt a lot a lot the same. Uh, I think you know it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how the NFL thinks about it. One thing I will say, because there's no doubt, I mean, anytime you're looking at a guy from Alabama, a guy from Ohio State, a guy from Georgia, uh, when it comes to quarterbacks you're questioning the talent around them because most times when they lined up, their 11 guys were better than, than the other 11 guys at every position. And that's obviously not going to happen in the NFL. And so it's a different world. You know, sometimes I think a Ben Roethlisberger at Miami of Ohio has a, has a leg up that way because he's used to playing from behind and, and playing, you know, where maybe his guys are not as good as the other guys and, and, and compensating for that. Uh, but, that being said, I think the one thing, maybe from a talent standpoint, that that does, I think Nathan kind of touched on this a little bit. He he didn't say this directly, but I think he was hinting at some of it. Chris Olave had a chance to go pro, uh, and it surprised some people a little bit that he came back last year. And I think CJ Stroud was part of that, and so I think that is telling on some level too that he he felt like, hey, if I stay another year, Stroud's not going to hurt my chances. You know, and he's a guy that 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 I feel good with now. That being said, you're throwing to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Marvin Harrison and Jackson Smith and Jigba. There's NFL quarterbacks who, who are yeah. envious of that. So um, there's no doubt. You know, I, I think Jared Goff's a, a perfect comp. And, and so obviously the correct choice for a head coach is Ben Johnson. I think we just solved it right there. Without a doubt, which also I'll say, like before we get to our quarterback rankings, it gets me a little nervous about Stroud's stock just because the Colts don't have the same, you know, plethora of weapons that he had at Ohio State. He's playing with a worse offense, at least tight end and receiver-wise, with the Colts than he would at uh, Ohio State. And that is a little concerning just because we don't know how his game truly is going to be when, it, when, like I said, he's not playing with more talent than the other team 
Uh, and when he had, again, that's outside of the Georgia game, which is a little concerning. That's only one instance. We've seen more bad than good when it comes to playing high-level opponents. That does get me nervous where if the Colts either take him at four or if they go up to number one and take him as the number one guy, as you're nervous and you kind of take a guy that high. And the ceiling, I think, is is dependent upon who his coaches and who his receivers are compared to just playing well no matter who's, who's around you. I think we've seen with Jared Goff, he was the number one overall pick right back in 2016. And when everything around him is great, Sure, he can get to the Super Bowl and he won't, you know, hurt you too much. But as soon as, as soon as injuries happen or as soon as, you know, maybe a play breaks down, he's not someone that's going to, you know, go outside of the offense to make a play happen. And just like I said, just sling it around and just kind of at points when you need your quarterback to play hero ball, be that kind of guy to uh, to bail you out. Like you'd hope a number one overall pick would be. All right, so I'm very excited about this, George. We have our own big board here of the four draft eligible, uh, eligible quarterbacks the Colts will be in the market for. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson out of Florida, Will Levis out of Kentucky. Those are the four names we'll be ranking. I guess we'll go – should we go one to four, George? Four to one? Should we, should we build it up here? Yeah, why not one to four? You know, One to four. Not? I think everybody knows who our number one is. If they listen to the pod at all, they know who's number one on our big board. Three, two, one. Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, come Boom. on. Right? Bryce Young is, is at the top. Uh, and it, for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned that we worry about with CJ Shroud, he's, I think he's a guy who's shown great creativity. I think he's a generational playmaking talent. It'll be interesting. We'll have a guest on. We'll tease a little bit here, uh, later this week who we can talk to that about. Uh, but I think he's a generational playmaker and I think that makes up for his lack of size in my mind. Dane Brugler of the athletic who does a tremendous job each and every year with a massive draft guide. He breaks down all the tape. He is one of the, the smartest and most informed uh, draft analyst that you'll see in the next few months. So Dane will be joining us on Thursday. Very excited about that. It's a must listen. So again, if you haven't done it before, now it's time. Download, subscribe to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. That's going to be a very informative podcast with Dane on kind of the, the Colts and which quarterbacks they should be in the market for. But the one thing I'll, I'll say, George, because we've talked about Bryce Young and we've keep praise on him a lot. The one thing I will say that's that if to me drives the point even more of why he should be the number one uh, quarterback on the Colts board is this. The biggest knock you hear, the only knock you hear is size. And yes, he's like six foot and I get college, you know, you look at height and weight, it's a little exaggerated, right? So is he six foot one innings or more like five, 10 and 170? You know, probably say he's more the latter than the former, but the only knock you hear is this, his height, which, which means to me, two things. Number one, when you look how he played again, uh, look at how he played at Alabama, he did not get hurt. Like look at Tua, I think a great cop is Tua. Tua, even though he's playing behind that great offensive line, got hurt a ton in Alabama. He had ankle injuries. He had obviously that hip injury that ended his, his career at Alabama. But he was always banged up. He was always dealing with something that kind of either limited him on the field or had him, had him miss games. For us, I missed one game, and it was kind of one of those fluke. You throw the ball away, you land on your shoulder, you hurt your rotator cuff, and you missed one game, and then came back and lit up Tennessee. So it's like that injury really hurt him too much. So it's like he got hurt with that small frame. He took care of himself well. But the other thing is, if the biggest thing you're talking about is size, and there's nothing else you could point to, accuracy, arm strength, decision-making, playmaking, like ability to win and put up points no matter who's around you, if that, like none, I've not heard, George, any other knocks about any of those things. All it's been is size, height. Chris Ballard's a guy, a, a traits guy. He's, he's, that's too, too small. If the, if the only thing we're talking about is size, I'll live with that. Russell Wilson, I know this year's not the best time to bring up Russell Wilson's name. He has had a lot of success in the NFL as a smaller quarterback. 
I think now we have to kind of move past the the height of a quarterback. I think that's been debunked. Joe Burrow, remember two years ago, Joe Burrow talking about his hand size and he had like one of the smallest hands uh, of a quarterback in the NFL. Guess what, George? I don't think those small hands are really impacting Joe Burrow whatsoever. He's pretty damn good. And I think the Bengals say if they could do it again, ah, yeah, we wouldn't have taken him because of his small hands. So I think, honestly, size personally for me is overblown too much. And if the biggest thing we're talking about is size, not his arm strength, not his accuracy, not anything else about his game, just size, I will live with that. That to me is is all the more reason why Bryson, without a doubt, should be number one on the Colts board. Yeah, I, I think he's the number one guy in this draft. Um, it'll be interesting seeing it because with Ballard, that is a real thing. And there's no question about that. Uh, he definitely has been a traits guy. He definitely has been a size guy. He's definitely a guy that, that has, you know, uh, measurements at every position that he wants. Uh, but he has talked about before too, that, that when you go outside of that, when, when you look at a Kenny Moore, um, you know, when, when you look at some of the other guys that, that he has, Isaiah Rogers falls under that, uh, that, that there's some other trait that makes up for it. There's something else right. there that makes up for it. And I, to me, with Bryce Young, that's generational playmaking talent. And I, I think that'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Ballard, you know, comes down on all that. Because I, I do wonder if he's willing to trade up to number one for a guy who's this much of an outlier. I know the, the height's part of it. The weight's the one I hear more about. I think there's only been one quarterback drafted in the first round, I think, uh, in the modern draft era, if I remember that stat right, who weighed less than 200 pounds. Um, so I think that's 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 a big part of it here. Uh, I want to say it was it was either Chris Miller or Chris Chandler. I'm not sure which one. It was a Chris uh, who was <laughs> under 200. Um, it, it just doesn't happen. Uh, but that being said, we know he's going to go high somewhere, even with all these these knocks. He may not go number one because of it, uh, but he's going to go high in this draft. And I think the Colts are making a mistake when they're in position to go get him. I think they're making a mistake if they don't do it. And it's not like he plays like Lamar Jackson when he's running the ball 15 times a game and leaving himself susceptible to big hits. He is mobile when he has to be. He's very athletic inside the pocket, but he rarely kind of leaves and puts himself in harm's way, which is part of the reason why, despite his small frame in two years at Alabama, he missed one game, and again, it was it was not like it was one of those hits that could happen to any quarterback when you're trying to throw it on the run and just get rid of the ball. So it wasn't like he got hurt because of his small size. And again, you look at other quarterbacks like Tua, and you see his injury history with the Dolphins. Guess what? You could kind of trace that back to Alabama and say, well, he had a history of injuries at Alabama. You can almost kind of predict that would happen in the NFL. Not the case with Bryce Young. Okay, so the, the and least Bryce shot also me- played played through the injury i mean that's another yes. important element tough, here. he had tough. one injury that he played through and almost beat alabama and lsu with that injury so i i it's not an it's not an issue if they don't uh, we'll save it for later pod because as you can see we're getting already worked up here it's it's not even a question i feel like also we're on an island george as well uh with bryce and v number one but that is the official blue horseshoe number one quarterback on our big board bryce Young. All right, we'll go to uh, through two, three, four quickly here, George. Who is second on, on your uh, big board here? CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. For me, it's Stroud. Uh, and the reason I put him ahead of Levis, I'll just go through my quick real quick. It's Stroud, Levis, Richardson for me. And Stroud, because I've seen him do things at a high level more consistently than I've seen Levis. Levis, for me, it's all traits. Um, it happens here and there, but you don't see it consistently. As many questions as we have about CJ Stroud and big games, as many questions as we have with him when a play breaks down, I think they're all there with Levis. I think th- there may be a little bit more off-platform stuff success with Levis, 
But by and large, I just didn't see it. I, I, I always, for me, it's dangerous when you start looking at these quarterbacks and saying they had this problem in 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 college, but it'll be fixed in the NFL. That rarely happens, uh, and I just feel like if if we take the problems that we know exist between Stroud and Levis, I'll live with Stroud's more because I think if I get the right coordinator, if I get the right offense, if I if I surround Stroud with the right pieces, he's going to be there. He's going to make the plays. I'll be quite frankly honest. My biggest issue with with Levis when it comes to the Colts, you're talking about an offense that's turned the ball over 34 times this year, and now you're looking at a quarterback who had 23 interceptions combined in the last two years. That, to me, is oil and water. That should not happen. I, I just don't see that getting – it's one of those things I don't see that getting fixed at the NFL level. If you're turnover prone now, you're probably going to be turnover prone then, especially if a lot of those turnovers are due to your belief in your arm, as I believe they are with Levis. Anthony Richardson, to me, is a project. He's a guy that the size is there, the arm strength is there, the athleticism is there, all the pieces are there, but he hasn't put them together yet at Florida. I, I heard a lot of scouts have said he should he should come back for another year. You want to see him put together all these things at the college level. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but again, I'm not betting on a guy who couldn't put it all together in college to suddenly put it all together in the NFL. It could happen. It happened with Josh Allen. But to me, you know, all these people that want to say Bryce Young's an outlier because of his size, Josh Allen's the biggest outlier in the history of the NFL. Yes. I can't come with another comp. I can't think of another player who improved the way he did from college to the pros. I'm not counting on that happening again. I'm 100% with you. So we have the same exact order. CJ Stroud is also second on my list. Will Levis third. Anthony Richardson fourth. Stroud, like I said, is out of, outside of Bryce Young, I think the most polished quarterback in this range for the Colts. Like I said, there's no doubt when the pieces are random of how high level he can play because we've seen it at Ohio State. Still questions about if he, you know, his consistency uh, in big games, but that Georgia game, like I said, maybe kind of shows you if he opens up his legs more, then maybe he can kind of really settle in and play well when the competition is also high. But so the big question for him is if the talent is not there, and again, the Colts right now are not in a position where it's like Joe Burrow and you have those three great receivers kind of all around him and ready to go. That's not the case here where you have, you know, uh, three top-notch weapons uh, at, you know, uh, Stroud's disposal that he can just kind of throw the ball up to and make plays for. So that's my biggest concern with Stroud. Like I said, way more polished, way more accomplished, way more accurate. There's a lot more things you feel good about T.J. Stroud coming out of Ohio State, then, then Richardson and Levis for sure. Levis, I have third, Richardson fourth. You're right, by the way. Like, that's the biggest thing. And Richardson and, and Levis are kind of, you know, in the same conversation, in the same mold of, yes, when you look at the big body, you know, uh, Will Levis is 6'4", 230. Stature, right? That's that's a quarterback that's, you know, if you say, oh, build him in a lab, that's kind of the guy you look at. Rocket arm, the ball flies out of both Levis and Richardson's arm. But the thing is, like you said, a lot of the flaws, it's so truly hard to correct them in the NFL, I'm glad you're up Josh Allen because Josh Allen by far is the guy with the same exact questions as Will Levis, as Anthony Richardson. But you see how much work and, and where the Buffalo Bills were when they took Josh Allen. They were a playoff team the year before. So that was a roster that was missing a quarterback, but for the most part was, was solid all around. And you had the right head coach and Sean McDermott already in place. You have the right, you know, the, the Bills were in a good position where they were able to be patient with Josh Allen, have him go through those rookie lumps in 2018 when he's kind of throwing the ball over and turning over a lot. Then in 2019, they get a little bit better to go to the playoffs. But again, Josh Allen in that Texans game, they had the early blue and in large part because Josh Allen's uh, inability to kind of protect the ball. And then you see you get Brian Dayball, 
You get Stephon Diggs, and really in that year three, he explodes because of what is around him. That is the that is like I said, the anomaly. Like it's rare that quarterbacks can improve their accuracy and improve their decision making from college to the NFL level. You have to have everything else around the quarterback kind of in place to make that happen. The Colts are not right now in an are an incubation team, if you want to call it that, that can take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson on, have them, you know, develop into now or kind of ruin or take away some of their bad habits and develop them into these quarterbacks, like I said, are unstoppable just because, again, is the protection right now for the Colts uh, where it should be? No. Do the Colts have a top flight wide receiver that is kind of like an eraser and or safety blanket? No. Do the Colts have a head coach right now? No, they don't. Like, I have no idea who their head coach is going to be. If it's a defensive guy, who the offense coordinator is going to be. If the offense and if that offense coordinator or head coach is going to pan out to be a good one. So there's so many question marks that the Colts have as a team right now. That If you take on a project in Will Levis, you take on a, even a bigger project in uh, Anthony Richardson, there's not a lot of reason to think it's going to work out. They are nowhere near in the stable mode the Bills were in when they took Josh Allen compared to where the Colts are right now. If this was last year. And you, before we knew everything that happened, they traded for Matt Ryan and they still took, let's say, Will Levis. Let's just, uh, let's just say second round. They just fell to the second round. You had Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. You were able to take him in the second round last year. You had Matt Ryan going to this year. It was going to be Matt Ryan's job. You have him sit for a year and kind of had the pieces we thought were going to be in place of the offensive line and Michael Pittman Jr. developing. Okay, one thing, right? That, that's something where maybe I can get behind. But now to, to draft Will Levis or Anthony Richardson possibly at number four or number one, and have them most likely be that, you know, the guy starting week number one. Don't love that, George. Don't love it whatsoever. That's why they are the bottom two for me, Levis three and Richardson four. Because like I said, the traits are there. But also when we're talking about size, arm strength, uh, athletic ability as like the biggest positive, that's what gets me concerned. Because we just talked about Bryce Young with the biggest knock is size. That means he must do, he must, uh, do everything else well. If we're talking about, oh, the size and the strength of Will Levis and Andy Richardson, and that's the biggest plus. Well, that means that they probably don't do a lot of the mechanical stuff well. They don't accuracy-wise, decision-making, ability to process a defense. Probably don't do it as well as, as you should, especially when you're taking a quarterback either in the top four or number one overall. Yep, yep. No, and that's – I thought you know, my biggest takeaway from our talk with Nathan Baird was that the processing of C.J. Stroud. I think that's that's the number one thing for me that would, would separate him from these two guys, his ability to read a defense, to anticipate. You know, that's something that's been missing from this Colts offense – uh, probably since Phil Rivers was here. So I think you really wanted those. I think those elements are something the Colts need in this quarterback. They're there with Bryce Young. Uh, they're apparently there with CJ Stroud. I'm not sold. They're there with Levis and, and Richardson. Absolutely. So that's the official blue horseshoe podcast quarterback ranking Bryce Young number one, CJ Stroud two, Will Levis three, Anthony Richardson four. I'm curious your thoughts. I'd love to hear some feedback on this about Colts fans. Do you agree with that or disagree? Who would be your top quarterback? If you had a big board right now, who is number one quarterback wise that the Colts should draft? Let us know on social media. You could tweet George at GM Brammer. You could tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey number three. Make sure to leave a review wherever you do get your podcast. You can, you know, in the comment section, of the review, tell us who your number one quarterback would be and why you're there. Maybe drop five stars if you like what you listen to. Uh, and also, too, George, make sure you check us out on, on YouTube. We're going to be there a lot more. We have our own little blue horseshoe tab on YouTube um, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. And make sure you subscribe to that because you, now if you like listening to us and you want to look at us, well, guess what? We'll be on the tube a lot more as well. So we got a very, very busy offseason, as you know, coming to you. We have Dane Brugler 
of The Athletic coming up on Thursday. I'm very excited for that conversation, George. That's, again, one of the smartest minds in the draft that you'll have. So we'll see if he agrees with our big board as well and if he can maybe talk us out of uh, Bryce Young being the, the number one guy in this draft. So that'll do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Potty. And make sure you download, subscribe, wherever you get your pods. We'll talk to you on Thursday on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.